in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, is a very powerful, alarming, disturbing, convicting statement. Let's just read it. You look at it. I'll read it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You know, I read that, I said, man, that's strong. Death and life are in the power of what I speak. And those who love it will eat its fruit. You know, uh, so I guess it's telling us that it's very important what we say. And it's very important how we say it. Because, you know, when you speak, you're either speaking life or you could be speaking death. And you say, Brother Phil, that's the last thing I ever want to do. People have enough burdens on them now anyway. But I'm just saying, I couldn't get that verse off my mind this week. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Did you know that Jesus talked about how important our words are? I mean, he had had some some strong stuff to say about what we say. He says, the words of Jesus, Matthew twelve thirty-three. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. And then he was talking to the uh, <laughs> Pharisees, and he and, and he called them a brood of vipers. That means a bunch of snakes. I don't believe I've ever called a congregation that. I never have. And I don't intend to start. But he said, you you brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? Now listen to what he says. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You mean what I say from my mouth? comes out of my heart he said that's exactly right for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks and then Jesus goes on and says a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things so what comes out of my mouth, if it's good, comes from a good treasure within me. If it's bad, it comes from an evil treasure that's in me. Now, th- this is the one that tr- troubles me the most, other than the life and death and the power of the tongue. I say to you, okay, Jesus, what are you telling me? Every idle word men may speak. They will give an account of it in the day of judgment. Wow. 
Think of all the words you speak in a day. Think how many words come out of your mouth in a day. But he said, every idle word that men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. And then he says something that huh, you, you got you to dig into this and interpret it. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. Now, wait a minute. Your words are going to justify if they're the right words. If they're the wrong, they're going to be condemning. So it's very, very clear that what comes out of our mouth comes out of our heart. And that what comes out of our mouth either speaks life or it speaks death. And so we just need to uh, ask God to t talk to us about that this morning. There's a passage, I'll, it's kind of long, but I'm on, we're going to read it. I'll read it and you can uh, follow me. It's in the book of James. And it's on uh, about how no person can tame their tongue. I'm going to begin reading. It says in verse 2, for we all stumbled in many things. Now, hold it there a minute. He said, we all mess up in many things. There are many things that we all mess up in. It says, we all stumble in many things. But listen at this. If anyone does not stumble in his words, he or she is a mature man or woman. You know the sign of spiritual maturity? It's what comes out of your mouth. James said, look, we, we stumble in many things. He said, but if anyone does not stumble in his words, he is a mature or she is a mature follower of Christ. Able to bridle the whole body. And then he goes on and says, and I, I like this illustration. He says, we put a... a, a a bit in a horse's mouth. You know, that's that metal thing that goes up in a, in a horse's mouth. We put a bit in horse's mouths that they may obey us. And if we pull one way, that bit will pull on their mouth. And, they'll, and they're big horses. And they'll turn one way. And you pull the other way, they'll turn the other way. And it's just that little bit in their mouth that you're controlling them by. We put uh, bits in horse's mouth and they obey us. I need to read the rest of that verse. And we turn their whole body. You can turn a whole body of a horse. And then he goes on in the next thing. He says, look at ships. They are so large. They're driven by fierce winds. But they are turned by a very small rudder. The captain has the wheel. And he turns the rudder of that ship this way. It, it, may, it may weigh tons. But that rudder change, it's just not a big thing. And it just turns a big, huge ship in one direction. Or he turns it in the other direction. Look also at ships. Although they are so large, they are driven by, and driven by fierce winds. They are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. And then he goes on and says, Even so the tongue is a little member. 
It boasts great things. You know, see how great a forest, a little fire starts. Said, you know, it can just be a small fire, campfire, and it gets out of control. And look at the forest fire. They have them in California all the time. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts with great things. See how a great forest, a little fire, kindles. And then he goes on and says, now, boy, this is tough. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among the members of our body that it defiles the whole body. And it sets on fire the course of nature or the course of your existence. And it is set on fire by hell. Man, and every kind of beast and bird, reptile and creature of the sea is tamed. And has, his, and has been tamed by mankind. Every kind has been tamed. But no man can tame the tongue. Now wait a minute. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. By our words we'll be justified and our words will be condemned. But the tongue, it says here, but the tongue no man can tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Wow. That is a strong statement about the tongue and what we say. Well, we would hear that and we would come, uh, that's all we knew. We'd we'd, kind of get discouraged and say, Man, I I know I got a problem, but boy, it really is a problem. Well, let, let me say very clearly, and it'll give you encouragement and hope, that Jesus can tame your tongue. You know why he can tame your tongue? Because he can change your heart. James said, Jesus said, out of the abundance of, Of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the tongue can only be tamed by the presence of Jesus Christ in your life. But when Jesus Christ saves you and forgives you, and by the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And so many of you could give me a testimony, could give a testimony this morning. Brother Fred, before I got saved, man, I had a filthy mouth. Filthy mouth. I'd take God's name in vain. I'd, you know, I'd I'd just say words that were just utterly wicked. But you know, when Jesus came to live inside of me, I stopped speaking that way. I didn't say, well, I'm going to quit saying those I'm going to quit having a wicked tongue. I didn't say that. But all of a sudden, what came out of my mouth was totally different. And it was, wasn't something that you said, A, B, C, D, E, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to, I'm going to speak only that which pleases God. No. When Jesus Christ saves a man or woman, he gives them a new heart. In fact, the Bible says he writes his law in our hearts and in our minds. And so I realize 
that no man or woman can tame their tongue. But I know many, so many of us can give a testimony. I don't speak the words that I used to speak. I don't speak to people the way I used to speak to them. I don't say things about people that I used to say. Because I'm telling you, God, God changed my heart. Oh, I, 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 I sometimes still say things I shouldn't say, but I'm telling you, that's not the pattern of my life. You really want to know what's in somebody's heart? Hang around them for a week and watch them go through the hard times and the good times and just let them go. Th- hey, just let them live life. And by the time the week's over, may not be by so much what they did, but what they said. It used to amaze me that uh, I'd be talking to somebody and, boy, they'd be cussing and taking God's name in vain. And it just was just absolutely driving me crazy. And they said, well, by the way, what do you do? <laughs> I, she said, I said, I'm a preacher. You ought to seen the look on their face. And they, they changed everything. Oh, boy, you couldn't. They didn't even really know how to talk because all they knew how to do was the other way. You see, there's the English language, and then there's the language of the devil. So I'll, let's talk uh, uh, this morning about the fact how the tongue can be used to produce death. But no, I want to really talk to you how the tongue can be used to speak life. Vance Havner was preaching on the tongue one time. And this individual came up to him and said, Dr. Havner, you don't know this, but I'm a member of this church. He was a traveling evangelist and said to uh, him, uh, I want you to know that I've been bad to criticize people and gossip about people and, and speak evil of people. And she said, this individual said, well, I tell you what I'm going to do, buddy. I'm going to go to the altar and I'm going to lay my tongue on the altar. He said, well, don't do it till next week because we've got to build a bigger altar. <laughs> now, you did get that, didn't you? I never would get when he said that. You know, in reading the Word of God, it gives us a picture of an untamed tongue. And no book in the Bible does that any better than Proverbs. And I'm just going to give you about, I'm just going to read about 10 ver- words out of Proverbs, 10 verses. And, uh, you know, that, I can read that better on the back if it's dark. Can you make that dark or does it have to be blue? Because this thing's reconnecting, and I don't have time to wait on it. It's not, it's not I don't want to, right, I can read it. All right, here's the first one. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life. What a picture. A righteous man speaks that like water that refreshes a person and what they're going through. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Well, we see that all the time. All the rhetoric that goes on in our country. 
But I'm telling you, the, if, uh, the mouth of a righteous man or woman, it's like give, it just gives life to people, speaks life. And in then verse um, 19 and 20, it says, boy, this is, uh, we, we need to hear this. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. <laughs> the more you run your mouth, the greater chance you have of sinning. Right? Oh, you're not sure. <laughs> I can tell you, you talk long enough, you're liable to say something you shouldn't. So he said here, in the, in the mouth of, in a multitude of words, are, uh, sin is not lacking. If you talk long enough, you, you end up going up saying you shouldn't. But he who restrains his lips is wise. Have you ever felt like, I wish I had kept my mouth shut? You should have. And you know, I, I never will forget the illustration I heard about this uh, individual in a church and um, just slandered somebody else in the church. It's not, this is not a story about anything around here. I'd read it in a magazine or something. But I never forgot it. Just slandered them. But they realized that what they had done was wrong. And they went to the individual that they had slandered and said, I want you to know that I, I, I lied about you. I spoke things about you that were hard and ugly and mean. And I know it was wrong. I know it was a sin. And I've asked God to forgive me. And I want you to forgive me. The individual replied, I will, but I want you to do me a favor. Will you meet me uh, in the morning at the corner of 8th and 12th Street? So, yeah, I'll be glad to. Well, they got there, and the person was standing there with one of those feather pillows, full of those little feathers, you know. He cut it open, threw the feathers up in the air, and they just went everywhere. He said, would you please go pick up all those feathers? They said, it's impossible. I've forgiven you for what you said to, about me. But it'd be a long time picking up the feathers that touched people's ears and touched people's lives. The words go out there, and they stay out there. Yes, you've given it forgive, but you've got to realize how serious it is. When you say those words, they go out there. And then you say, I shouldn't have said, I've got to go pick up the feathers. But it's, it's easier said than done. You need, you need to. You need to correct it every way you can. All right, and, and, and verse uh, uh, 20 of chapter 10. Boy, look at this. It shows uh, uh, the power of an untamed tongue, but it shows the power of a tongue tamed by Jesus. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is worth little. And in verse 21, it goes on and says, the lips of the righteous freed many, feeds many. The lip of the righteous feed many. But fools die for lack of wisdom. 
So it shows how deceitful and wicked the tongue can be. In Proverbs chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, it says, keep your heart. You know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. And then it goes on and says, put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. It says, listen, there's life and death in the power of the tongue. Just put that devious mouth away from you and put those perverse lips far from you. And you go on and read in verse um, in Proverbs eleven thirteen, and and this 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 is bad right here because most of us at one time or another have done this. You say I've never done it, then I'll talk to you after the service and ask you to repent. <laughs> A talebearer reveals secrets. You know so and so? Oh yeah. Did you know? No, I didn't. But you're about to, because I'm gonna tell you. A tale-bearer revealed secrets. Boy, I love this. But he who is of a faithful spirit conceals the matter. You don't have to tell everything you know. You don't need to tell 90% of what you know. It says a tale-bearer reveals secrets, but he who is of a faithful spirit conceals the matter. You need to ask yourself, if you tell somebody something about someone, is it going to edify them and edify you? And is it going to build up the person you speak to them about? But you know, Brother Fred, it was evil, and people need to know about evil. Well, you're not, God hadn't made you the watchdog. You're not Dear Abby, and you write all the columns, all that stuff. You're too old, too young to even know who that was. She used to get 5,000 letters a week. By the way, tailbearer, I've got another word for that. Anybody know what it is? It's called gossip. Gossip. You're speaking about other people, and it may be true, it may not be true. But you feel compelled to tell somebody, hey, that is not God. And we go on and we read in Proverbs 12, 13, and 14. Boy, this is strong. (laughs) The wicked is trapped by the transgression of his lips. But the righteous will come through trouble. Listen, how many times have you said something and you realize after you said it, I have just absolutely dug a pit for myself and gotten into it. And I have been ensnared. I'm trapped by the words that I said. And how in the world am I going to correct that? A man will be ensnared by the transgression of his own lips. But the righteous will come through trouble. So it, it, it's, you see, over and over again, Solomon in, in Proverbs, the wisest man of, of his day, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, was just talking about, man, no man can tame the tongue. 
But we know that, that Jesus can and that he will. Then in the 12th chapter, it says this of Proverbs. A man will be satisfied by the fruit of his mouth and the recompense of a man's hands will be rendered to him. That's good. You're satisfied by the fruit that comes out of your mouth. And then over in um, verse 17, it says, He who speaks truth declares righteousness, but a false witness deceives or deceit. Boy, now this really got me. Man, I want you to listen to this. This shows how that there's death in the power of the tongue. There is one who speaks like the piercing of a sword. Have you ever said anything to a person and then realized, man, I just like a, I just pierced their heart. I just discouraged them. I just put them down. I just uh, wounded them. There is one who speaks like the piercing of a sword. But the tongue of the wise promotes health. Have you ever heard anybody say this? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm just going to give you a piece of my mind. I said, don't do that. You had not got much left anyway. But boy, when they tell you that, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. You better back up because they're fixing to take a sword and go. It says that. The mouth is like one who speaks like the piercing of a sword. Listen, you, you, don't, you don't need to pierce the heart of your children with a sword. Don't, don't forget. When your child is 12, when your children are 12 or 13 or 14 or 15 or 8 or 9 or 10, let me say one thing. Were you perfect when you were 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12, and 13? Were you perfect? Did everybody call you the Apostle Paul? I mean, were they just, I mean, I mean I'm asking you the honest truth. So your child messes up, and man, instead of saying, son or daughter, now, you, you can do better than that. I, you're not that kind of person. And, and, and together, I'm going to encourage you, and we're going to do better than that. Because I believe in you. And I want to help you by the grace of God to become the person you are. That's, that, that speaks health to them. But if it's like a piercing of a sword, you know, you, you're just dumb, and you'll always be dumb. You're just like your mother. I knew that's exactly what it is. You're certainly not taking after me. I made A's in everything in, when I was in school. You need to wake up and make something out of yourself. Lord, at 12, he's just trying to live and overcome his peers. My goodness. We put expectations on our children that we never put, had put on us, thank God. And sometimes you speak and you don't know it, but when you speak to them, it's like you pierce their heart with a sword. Boy, I, I never will forget this lady, this young woman told me. And she told me this one time. She, she just could hardly ever. 
She said, you know, my mother said when I was born, she wished I had never been born. And I have never forgotten that. Never. Boy, she just pierced the heart of that girl with a sword. Have you, have you ever said to your wife, well, I'll tell you one thing, you're not the woman I thought I married. You may not be the man she thought she married. So why do you pierce a heart with a sword? Hey, you say, Brother Fred, they're just words. Oh, no, they aren't. There's life and death in the power of the tongue. We hear a lot today about verbal abuse. I think verbal abuse is worse than physical abuse. Because if somebody slaps you and puts you against the wall, that's, it's evil, it's wicked, and they need to be arrested. But you can get over the bruise. But if they say some words to you, I'm going to tell you something. Men can hear words and deal with them pretty good and get over it. The way God made women is they don't ever get over the words. They don't ever get over them. Listen, I guarantee you, my wife can tell you something I told her 25 years ago. And she's supposed to have a little bit of dementia. It don't sound like dementia to me. But you know how clear the word of God is? It says some words are like the piercing of a sword. My heavens, under God, realize that there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And you want to speak life. And you want to speak health. And you want to make people whole. And no better way to do it than speaking words of life into them. Okay, in Proverbs 15, verse 1 and 2. There's one, no, not, uh, go on to Proverbs 15. A, boy, I like this. A soft answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. We were talking about this in a group recently. And, and they said, well, it's not, it's not just what you say. It's how you say it. Well, I, I said, you know, okay. And that's what the Bible says. A soft answer turns away anger. But a harsh word stirs it up. <laughs> Have you ever been upset talking to somebody? And they will say to you, you don't have a good attitude. And I can tell that you're upset. And you say, I am not upset. <laughs> I mean, hey, was that a soft answer that turns away anger? You just lied. You were upset. You see, we, we talk all the time. Every day we're involved in conversation. We used to know how to speak. Now we know how to do is text. But there was a time that we could talk to each other with words. That wasn't bad, was it? You can hide behind a text. I don't know where that came from. But some, maybe some of you do. I don't know. Proverbs says that soft anger turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And then in verse uh, uh, 4, it says, boy, it says, 
Hey, now get, get this, the difference. A wholesome tongue is like a tree of life. Man, when you speak wholesome words to your children, to your wife, to the people you work with, that you may be, they may be agitating you. You may have all kind of emotions rising up in you. But you know Jesus says, wait a minute. You're my child and you, I'm living in you. And you don't you respond with like piercing of a sword. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. But perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Did you know you can break the spirit of a man or woman by what you say to them? Listen, I have learned that when some people are just in the, they just seem to be in grip, be gripped. I want you to listen to me. They seem to be gripped by a, a hurt in their past. And that thing in their past causes them to act in some ways that are just not good. It's just not good. So you feel like, well, I need to straighten them out. I need to correct them and tell them, get over that. That is not the way you're supposed to think. And that's not the way you're supposed to feel. Let me tell you something. That's the last thing you need to say to them. You know what you need to say? I understand what you're going through. Tell me about it. And instead of coming down on with them a hammer and you are a bad person because you feel that way and you act that way and you don't speak right and you're negative, you're not going to help them doing that. You're not going to, that's not a, a tree of life. When, when people are caught in the grips of something, that's a good time to let them know that God is, is able to let loose that grip in, in the right way and that healing will come. You, you don't, you don't, they already know they got a problem. You don't need to enforce it by just hammering it in their head. You don't need to do that. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. I've just got a couple more, and you say, well, thank God. Boy, this is, now this one really stirs me up right here. And I'll tell you, I guess I've been a preacher too long. Proverbs 16, 27. An ungodly man digs up evil. You think we've been having that in, in America right now? Some woman remembered something that happened 38 years ago. She couldn't remember where it happened and when it happened and how it happened, but it sure was happening. And, and really, I feel sorry for that woman. I believe she had been hurt. And I believe she was used. They should have never put her through that. But you know what it seems like today? My good friend, Paige Patterson, 76 years of old, president of Southwestern Seminary, 18 years ago in a conference, not in face-to-face -face with a woman, said something about how there had been some physical abuse, and he encouraged that the particular lady to stay and not leave, which I sometimes is certainly not wise. But um, she stayed, and eventually her husband got saved. 
But they went and dug that up on him and said that he uh, believed in the abuse of women. And uh, there was a lynch mob that decided they would hang him on those words. Happened 18 years ago. And they lynched him and fired him from being president of Southwestern Seminary. And he'd been president there for about 25 years. One of the godliest men I've ever known. Godly man. I'd drive all the way across to Mobile just to sit at his feet. He was so wise. But you know, an evil man, an ungodly man, digs up evil. And it's on his lips like a burning fire. I got to tell somebody what I found out about so-and-so. Boy, they, they going to like this. Oh, and they, they can't wait to go tell. Did you know 10 years ago so-and-so and so-and-so did so-and-so? No, I didn't. Oh, yes, they, they, they did. They did. You need to know. Excuse me while I throw up. That's crazy. An evil man digs up evil. And on his own his lips like a burning fire. Proverbs 17, 9 says, now, now this, 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 this you, you can just see the difference. So here's an ungodly man that digs up evil and it's on his lips like a burning fire. Now look at this verse. It's all in the word of God. He who covers a transgression seeks love. So you know a friend made a mistake. You know they messed up. So you go to them in love. Say, I understand that. How can I help you get through it? You know, God is a God of mercy. God is a God of grace. God forgives. And I want want to be a hand that helps you through this. I want to be that. So what he does, he doesn't go around telling everybody. He who covers a transgression seeks love. But he who repeats the matter separates friends. Boy, that's the truth. You repeat a matter and the th- thoughts that person had toward that person or toward you, it ends up separating it. Do you see how life and death are in the power of the tongue? I'm telling you, it is. It is. And the devil uses it. The Bible, it's set on fire. It's a world of iniquity. And listen in James, it says, it's set on fire of hell. And the word for hell there is Gehenna, the place of punishment. I am telling you, there is death. In the power of the tongue. Proverbs 26, 28. But do you see a man hasty in his words? There's more hope for a fool than for him. You know, somebody tells you something, and all of a sudden you got the answer, and you say, Well, I'll tell you one thing, this is, and you just jump right back into it, and you just, you hadn't had time to think about it, you hadn't time to pray about it, you hadn't time to sift it. And you just jump in there. And you feel like you have to have an answer for every question. And you have to have an opinion about every matter. So you're hasty in your words. You say you just jump right in and speak before you put, you put your mouth in gear. Before you put your heart in gear. And it says there's more hope for a fool than him. Whew. Boy, I remember the time where I thought I had to have an opinion on everything. And somebody would bring something up and I'd just give them my opinion. And I hadn't thought it through, prayed it through. I was hasty in my words. And 90%, about 80% of the time I messed it all up. Messed it all up. 
all of. And I want to give a word of counsel to you men. If your wife, wife says something to you, and you, you really don't think it's a good idea, don't jump in there and say, well, that is a bad idea. Then she won't speak to you for three days. That, that may be good. I used to think I had to answer everything that my wife said. And some of you men, well, you, have, you feel like you have to correct your wife. You're going to learn it don't work. Silence is golden. And I, I, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I mean, it really. What you need, she doesn't really want your opinion. She just wants you to listen to her. Did you get that? I learned the hard way. She would tell me something in my heart. I didn't feel good about it. But, but I, I, I would not try to correct her. I, I never will forget one time. She said something. Well, you know, so-and-so that goes to, uh, I'm glad she's not here right now. <laughs> She says, so-and-so that goes to church, they don't like me. They do not. I'm telling you, they avoid me. And I knew it wasn't true. I knew it wasn't true. I knew it, but I knew the devil had lied to her. So what I did, I said, well, no, 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 no. That's not true. I know she, I, I, I know she likes you. I, I've heard her speak well of you. She looked at me and said, oh, you're taking her side. <laughs> That's exactly what she said. So I, I don't take nobody's side anymore. <laughs> you don't have to be hasty in your words. There's more hope for a fool than for him. All right? And, uh, well, let's, that, that's just a picture of an untamed tongue. But let's picture a tongue coming from a heart controlled by Jesus. What comes out of a heart that is controlled by Jesus? I want you to look at some scriptures. And, and the only way your, your tongue is ever going to be contain, controlled, and the only way that the right things are going to come out of your heart is when Jesus is in, in control of your life. It's amazing how calm you can be, how you can speak the right words, how the things that you say build, them, build up people instead of tearing them down. It's amazing. But if you're not right with God, you, you're going to mess it up. But if Jesus is personal to you and he's on the throne of your heart and you're listening to him and you're close to him, you'll be amazed how he'll help you. In, 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 in verse um, 22, now look what it says. That you put off concerning your former conduct. The Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. If anyone in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away, and all things have become new. So that you put off concerning your former conduct. This is the way you used to live and act. That you put off concerning your former conduct. <clears throat> the old man, which grows corrupt according to its deceitful lust. And then it goes on and says... <clears throat> Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Don't think like you always think. Put, on, put off that old man. <clears throat> and that you put on the new man in Christ. I love this. Put on the new man 
which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. That says, when Christ comes to live in you and you become a new creation in Christ, then you are now created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. You put off the old man with that old conduct. You put on the new man in Christ, which is according to to righteousness and to holiness. Then go over to uh, verse uh, 29. For this is, this is the way God wants us to speak. Let no corrupt word come out of your mouth. He says, don't, don't, don't. Corruption means death, what it is, corruption. This corruptible body will put on incorruption. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification. Speak words that build up people. Edify means to build up. Edify means to build up. It means to build up. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification. That it may impart grace to the hearers. I love it. He says when you speak to a person. Speak those words that will build them up. And show them God's favor. That God has favor on their life. It may not yet be a reality. But you know that it can't, will become a reality. So you speak that. You don't, you don't uh, let a corrupt word come out of your mouth. Well I know you've had that problem. You've had that sin. And you always have it. But you know God forgives. And you just do the best you can. Well that, that, that's, that doesn't edify that person. That doesn't build up that person. I never will forget the person that came to me. And he was very, very sincere. Very sincere. And, and uh, he, he was a deacon at another church where I was pastoring. He said, Brother Fred, I'm resigning as a deacon. I said, well, why? He said, I've got this sin that I can't get complete victory over. He said, I, I, I guess it's a stronghold. I just can't get complete victory over it. Well, I said, I want to ask you a question. Have you had victory over it today? Yeah. How long have you had victory over it? Oh, oh, he said, I've had victory over that sin for three months now. But I just know that one, soon I'm going to stumble and fall again. I said, who's telling you that? That isn't God. He's not saying, I know you're overcoming it now, but you, you won't, one of these days soon you're going to commit that sin again. I said, you know your problem? you got the fear of future failure. The devil's got fear on you. I know you're doing good now and living a godly life now, but you won't last and, and you're going to fail eventually. That's called the fear of future failure. And I said to him, listen, you've, if you have victory today, you have victory. And man, you've had victory for three months. I, I said, I'm going to probably make you the head of the deacons. I mean, I mean, come on. And so I didn't need to jump on him and say, I'll tell you one thing. You're exactly right. If you have, don't have victory over that, you ain't worthy to be nothing. And you just go sit on the back row and, and, and mourn. No, I told him that God would give him victory over that. And for him to have victory one day at a time. And, 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 just, and, and he just went on and, and it absolutely changed his life. All I did was speak words that like a wholesome tree, a tree of life that encouraged him and let him know 
that God knew him, knew him better than he knew himself. So uh, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearer. And then you go on in verse, uh, the next verse, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Hey, that has to do with words. <laughs> and do not, let no corrupt communication. Then he says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit by which you were sent, sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness. <clears throat> Sometimes when you speak, if you've got bitterness, they can tell. Let all wrath, let all anger, all clamor. You know what that is? Loud quarreling. Loud quarreling. I remember Jim Hedrick. Uh, I love Jim, and he, he, he knew a lot about counseling. He really did. And uh, he said, don't ever try to communicate when you're upset. Don't try to do it. When you're loud. Because you, you don't remember what you said, and you don't, it don't get into your spirit. And you know what clamor is? Let all clamor. That's loud speaking. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away, you, put away from you with all malice. You know what malice is? The intent to hurt. So sometimes people speak evil to another, another person with the intention of hurting them. How wicked that is. So don't let any corrupt word come out of your mouth but that which edifies. Well, let me just say this. When you speak to people, nothing edifies them any more than for you to speak the word of God to them. Whatever their problem is, whatever they're going through, whatever they're facing. You say, well, you know, I think the devil's lying to you there. Let me tell you what God's word says. And buddy, when you, when you speak the God, word of God to them, it encourages them. It encourages them. I mean, it, it builds them up. The Word of God brings life. So one of the best things to do uh, in, in, in allowing our tongue to be tamed by Jesus is to speak the Word of God into any situation, to speak God's Word into any situation. And you can do that. There are so many positive things you can say. And you put the Word of God into that consideration. You don't know who this is, but I, I, as I was walking in this morning, I saw an individual, individual standing over here, and I woke up and said, uh, how you doing? I knew this person well. They said, uh, they looked at me and said, life is hard. Life is hard. I said, you're exactly right. It is hard. But I want to tell you something. God loves you. He loves you. And he is fully aware of where you are and what you're going through. And I want you to know you're going to make it. You're going to make it. I'm telling you, 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 you're strong. And then and I put my hand, tapped my hand on his heart, and I said, I know one thing. I know you love God. I know you love God. And I said, yeah, life is hard. But you love God and you love Jesus and you're going to come through. You're coming through. I'm telling you, you are. And you know, that's what I always try to tell people. When they're in the, when they, 
it, everything looks bad and everything's dark, then you let the light of the fact, but wait a minute, wait a minute. You're, you're a child of God. God loves you. And in your heart, you want to please God. So, so he hasn't given up on you. He hadn't given up on you. I want you to know that. He has not given up on you. So you allow God to continue to do in you what only God can do. You know, I used to think prophecy was when you foretold the future. And, you know, sometimes God will give a person a word that there's going to be a bad storm. God gave David Wilkerson a lot of prophetic words he wrote in, in that, that book. Uh, I've forgotten the name of it now. The Final Hour or something like that. But uh, all, all that he said came true in that book later on. They laughed at him when he wrote it 10 years ago, 20 years ago. But it all came true. But that, that's one kind of prophetic word. But I'll tell you another what prophetic word is that you'll come up on a person that you, you know pretty well or you don't know pretty well. But all of a sudden, God puts it in your heart to say something to them. And you may not even understand why you're saying it. But you know that you need to say that word to them. And, and, and in that sense, you're speaking a prophetic word to them that's from God, and you say to them what God has told you in your heart. And I, I'm going to tell you something. It, it's like you've read their mail, that they believe, well, man, that's exactly what I needed to hear. And I said to myself, yeah, it didn't come from me. I, I, that came from God. See, Tom, sometimes you edify people by just speaking a prophetic word from God into their lives. And so, you know, we can encourage, we can pray for, we can speak the word of God to them. Maybe God will give you a word of knowledge to say to them, a, a word of, uh, a prophetic word you can speak to them. But the main thing is that you are going to let life come out of your tongue. You're going to speak words that bring life, words that bring life. Uh, don't, don't, don't ever say this in the presence of others about a person. Well, I don't think they'll ever change. You don't need to speak that into the air. Are you telling me God can't change them? Yeah, but you don't know. They've been that way all their life. Well, praise God. So God can't change somebody if they've been that way all their life. Man, we, we need to be careful what we speak about people. Well, life and death are in the power of the tongue. The tongue can no man tame. But thank God, Jesus can tame your tongue. When you repent of your sin and acknowledge to God that you're helpless, helpless, there's nothing you can do to save yourself. If you got what you deserved, you'd go to hell. But you thank God that Jesus came and died in your place. The wrath of God was poured out on Jesus by the Father. It pleased the Lord to bruise him so that you could be forgiven. And you, Christ comes to live inside of you. You're going to be amazed. You not only get a new heart, but you get a new language. You get a new language. And it's one of life and not of death. I used to think this was bad, but I don't think it is. They said, you know... He's a man of few words. 
I said, I thought, well, maybe he's shy. No, maybe he only spoke when God told him to speak. Maybe he only said what God told him to say. That you may have heard someone say uh, of, of a woman. She, she's a, a woman of few words. You say, I've never known one that way. No, no, don't go. No, don't go. <laughs> I have. Because her, 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 her actions would speak louder than words. Oh, it's not how much you say. It's what you say. And a person in a multitude of words, it's easy to sin.